Chapter 4. Down We Fall. Summary. Peter makes up his mind to tell Wade the truth about being Spider-Man, but superheroics and a blast from the past get in the way. Well, if at first you don't succeed... No, no, I'm not asking how to get to Bone Town, just like, how do you be in a relationship just with a normal person, without guns or demons or sex? Wade stood with his back to Spider-Man. They had finished patrol for the night, landing on a roof to eat their after-patrol meal before parting ways. To be honest, he wasn't sure how they got onto the topic, but he needed an outside perspective on everything going on with Peter. It was nice to have someone to talk to that wasn't a bartender or a blind woman who had more than once tried to kick him to the curb when he visited. Still, it was proving to be a tricky conversation, since he needed to keep things as vague as possible. It had been a few days since he'd last seen Peter. They had kept in touch via text, but there were still a few days before they could hang out together again. He turned back to Spidey, who had their bag of food, grasping towards him in a gimme fashion, ready to eat. Peter pulled out a burger for himself, the foil bundle so overloaded that it almost didn't fit in one hand. He then turned over the bag and the rest of its contents, another three burgers, a large order of both fries and onion rings, to Wade, who would no doubt polish off everything before he was even half done with his own meal. "'You're asking me how to be friends with someone?' Peter asked. His raised eyebrows may have been hidden by his mask, but the bemusement was evident in his voice. Wade took the bag, digging through it to decide what he wanted to eat first. "'Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you've got plenty of buddies out of the mask, Webbs. Probably even a few that know both sides of you.' He looked up a moment as he pulled out the first of his burgers. Maybe one day I'll get to see that handsome mug of yours. He returned to the bag, debating for a moment, before pulling out the onion rings and dropping it back on the ground. I'm guessing you've already tried dragging them to a rooftop to split a bag of fast food after stopping a string of petty crimes. Nah, that's more our thing, isn't it, Spidey? He lifted his mask so he could eat. And as much as I love these little rooftop dates, because I am very fond of you, I'm pretty sure we're just co-workers no matter how much I'd kill to be your inamorado. He bit into the burger. Instantly overjoyed, they went out of their little normal patrol area to get to them. Love these burgers so much. He patted the ground next to him. Sit, relax. I promise I won't bite. Unless you want me to. He leered playfully at Spidey before biting suggestively into an onion ring. Or as suggestively as one can into a soggy piece of fried food. Peter glanced at the burger in his hands and out to the skyline for a fraction of a second, before taking a few steps towards Wade. After a deep breath, he took his seat on the ledge next to Deadpool, who was already enjoying his meal. There had been more than enough action for both of them on the streets tonight, and the adrenaline was still proving a pleasant buzz in Peter's system. It might surprise you to know that running around the city fighting crime most nights doesn't leave you a lot of time for socializing, he explained and the people I tend to meet on the clock usually want to clean mine, so to speak. Deadpool studied Spidey as he looked out over the cityscape, surprised at the lack of reaction over his flirtatious antics. He gave him a skeptical look, even though the other man wouldn't notice. Finally, he shrugged, guessing that Spidey was getting used to his Deadpool ways. You do have quite the gallery of rogues out there. He finished off his burger and plunged his hand back into the bag. But you've got to be doing something during the day other than sleeping. What about those swanky adventures forays? 
Bet you're invited to all those, and they're full of potential super friends. Web-slinging doesn't exactly pay the bills, Peter explained through a huge bite of his burger. He thumbed away a glob of ketchup from the corner of his mouth, chewing and swallowing before elaborating. I have a day job, same as most people, and I'm finishing up my degree, which means setting aside time for class and studying. There's not enough hours in the day for black tie affairs. So this, he plucked at the spandex on his chest, is the only suit I ever wear. You mean you're not a playboy philanthropist billionaire under the mask? Damn it, Wade laughed. Bet you'd look great in a suit, though. You should try it sometime. Peter quieted as he took another bite, wondering if he'd said too much. Wade was a loose cannon on the best of days, but he was also a skilled mercenary. Surely he had to be close to figuring out the truth of his identity by now. But while Peter didn't want to be found out, it wasn't for the usual reasons. He wanted Wade to know who he was. He just wanted to be the one to tell him. Well, no time like the present, right? Wade pulled some fries out before handing the bag over to Spider-Man, but paused as it seemed the other was working through something. He set the bag between them, letting Spidey figure out what he was going to say next. Actually, Peter began, scratching a little behind one ear, there's something I wanted to talk to you about. Oh, well shoot, Spidey, I'm all ears. Wade grinned, turning more towards him, munching on the fries. Peter plucked one fry out of the bag, staring hard at it as though the perfect dialogue was written on it in a microscopic script, like the grains of rice with your name that you could buy at the mall. Unfortunately, its surface was covered with nothing but a thin layer of salt, which made it delicious, but ultimately unhelpful. First of all, I just want to say that I really appreciated having you on patrols from time to time. I know that it hasn't been easy for you to stick to my code of conduct, and I know that you've been trying especially hard these last few months. This was something serious, if Spidey's tone was any indication. Wade frowned and sat up straighter, setting the fries aside. A ball of nervous energy formed in the pit of his stomach. Wade felt a blush forming on his face and was very tempted to pull the mask back down. His hand twitched, but he kept it on his knee. He didn't think he had mentioned to Spidey that he'd been trying to do right by him, but it made him thrilled to know that he'd noticed. In that time, I'd like to think that we've, well, come to understand each other a little bit better over time. Peter jostled himself to face Wade a little better, paying no mind to his burger as it fell from its spot on the ledge down to the pavement below. Which means, I hope you'll understand why I haven't told you any of this before, and why I feel like I can't put it off any longer. Wade's eyes followed the burger as it fell before snapping his eyes back to the webhead. His mind began to race with possibilities about what the hell Spidey was talking about. Unfortunately, the one thought that kept forcing its way to the forefront of his thoughts was that he was about to get told firmly, solidly, clearly to back the fuck up on the romantic and sexual advances. Any response he could think of kept dying in his throat. He clenched his knees, trying to find some words, but failed miserably. All he could do was sit and stare intently. Despite Deadpool's silence and the way he'd all but frozen in place, Peter knew he was listening intently taking in every last one of his words and gestures as though anyone might hold the secret to the universe. It actually hurt a little to see Wade so tense, so sure that whatever came out of Peter's mouth next would be damaging, painful. The worst part of it was, Peter wasn't sure he was wrong. Deadpool, he started, not willing to drag things out any longer. Wade, he sighed. I'm really... And then the sky exploded. It threw him for a loop, 
the way the sides of the buildings lit up in a bright and brilliant blue, like a police siren had taken over the city, flickering with such an intensity you'd be forgiven for thinking it was mid-afternoon. Peter drew himself up, kicking over the paper bag and sending the last of the fries to meet their burger brethren down on the ground. It wasn't hard to pinpoint the source of the light, but it was nearly impossible to look straight at it. Electrical fire, he whispered the words like a curse. Looks bad. Deadpool let out a breath he'd held trapped in his lungs, as the air filled with violent and sudden chaos. A curse threatened to escape his lips. Whatever serious shit Spidey had to say was going to have to wait. He watched the terrible beauty of the blue light fill the air. Looks like it's going to be all hands on deck. He glanced over at the other super. Mind giving me a lift? Last call for the S-train, Spider-Man called out, reaching an arm towards Deadpool, before swinging the two of them towards the action. Given the option, when it came to rushing in headfirst without a plan, Peter would choose a regular garden-variety fire over an electrical fire any day. Of course, when flames engulfed a house or apartment complex, it was no laughing matter. Lives were on the line, and mere seconds could mean the difference between life and death. In those cases, he could at least count on firefighters to show up to fight the fire itself, while he worried about the rescue. Hoses quickly dousing the inferno before it had a chance to spread and do more damage. On the other hand, electrical fires were tricky. The easiest way to combat them was to prevent them from happening in the first place. They ignited the very air, ripping molecules apart to feed themselves, and while Peter was sure that every person working inside the building he and Deadpool had arrived at had been thoroughly trained in laboratory safety, protocol tended to go out the window in a crisis like this. That's the last one from the fourth floor, Spider-Man heaved, laying out the body of the coughing engineer on an EMT gurney. I think it's an all clear. Deadpool set down the person he was carrying before swiping at a burn on his side. He had been a little careless, but he was also going after the harder-to-get civilians, so Spidey didn't become a crispy crawler. No, I gotta go back in. There was one more behind a wall of flames. He was already jogging backward towards the building. Be right back, Spider-Babe. He gave a salute as he disappeared in the building. As he had feared, the voice he had heard calling out earlier was silent now. One could only last so long before smoke inhalation got the better of them. He took a running leap at the fire and burst through the door to the lab. In an instant, he spotted the body splayed on the ground, but still wheezing in air. All right, upsy-daisy! He hefted the person over his shoulder and glanced back at the door, but heading out that way was no longer an option for the two of them. The room was small and there wasn't a whole lot of choices, though there was a window just big enough to go through. Lamentably, not only was it a permanently sealed window, it also faced away from where Spidey and the firefighters were gathered, so trying for their attention was out of the question. Wade sighed and shrugged. He'd dealt with worse. He pulled a weapon out and smashed the window open, looking around, searching for a good way to get down quickly. Unfortunately, a telltale clicking behind him made it clear they were both out of time. A new explosion shook the building. Wade used his body as a shield when a wave of flame flung the two of them out of the window. With well-practiced ease, he turned his body to take the impact of the ground also, feeling the collision for only an instant before everything went dark. Wade wasn't sure how long he had blacked out, but when he came to, he could already feel his body stitching broken bones back together. Another minute passed and he was able to stand. It still hurt a lot, 
but he could handle the pain. Gathering the person to carry to the front of the building took far more effort than Wade had anticipated. With a deep breath and shoving his exhaustion as far back into his mind as he could, he took the still-passed-out engineer and made his way towards Spider-Man. Spidey was in front of him in a second. Deadpool handed over the civilian and placed a hand on his shoulder, his other hand pressing tight against his side. You got this from here, Spidey? I think I need a nap. Wade wasn't sure exactly what he looked like right now. It had to be a mess, and he didn't need or want to be around the crowd forming behind the fire trucks and cop cars. He didn't wait for an answer before he was making his exit, digging out his cracked phone from his belt and calling Dopender. To Peter's eyes, Deadpool looked less like someone who needed a nap, and more like somebody who needed an extended stay in the intensive care unit of a burn ward. But even if Wade didn't have a well-deserved fear and hatred of all things medically professional, there was no time to get him checked out before he was bounding back off into the night. That meant two things. One, Deadpool was much worse off than he was letting on, and it was bad enough that he wanted to run and hide and lick his wounds out of the sight of prying eyes. Two, Peter still hadn't managed to come clean about you-know-who being you-know-what, and he was painfully aware that the more time that passed, the harder it would be for both of them. Maybe tonight was a lost cause. Bouts of coughing and wheezing while you hoped you hadn't inhaled more than your daily recommended intake of carbon monoxide tended to put a damper on any serious conversation. But at the very least, Peter could go check on his friend, make sure he was okay. With one last nod and an unsteady salute to the EMTs and firefighters on the scene, Spider-Man excused himself and began the arduous process of swinging after Wade. It took a few minutes of swinging before Peter realized that the lingering smell of overdone barbecue was coming from his suit, and he would best be served by a quick stop at home. While Wade had been pretty severely wounded, Peter knew he'd be of more help to the man if he took care of his own injuries first. He'd looked worse, all things said and done and after diving in and out of the fire, he didn't even mind that his shower was running cold. It gave him a few moments to gain some perspective and reevaluate his plan. Maybe having Spider-Man tell Wade the truth wasn't the best idea. After all, there was no telling how often they'd get interrupted like they had been tonight, and despite how much he needed to get this off his chest, Peter knew he'd always choose his duty over his personal feelings. It had ended more than one relationship in the past. That left Peter Parker to explain things. Admittedly, that didn't seem nearly as exciting or glamorous. But maybe it was better that way. Maybe Wade would still understand. Peter grabbed a backpack and stuffed it hastily with his books, laptop, and a fresh change of clothes. He didn't know how long the conversation would take, but it didn't hurt to be prepared. Wade moved slowly around his apartment. The burns were mostly healed up, but his skin remained incredibly sensitive. He held up a fresh suit, both reluctant and eager to put it on. A sweatshirt and pants would have been the more sensible option, but they didn't offer him the comfort he got from being fully covered in his leathers. He slid it on slowly, hissing as he adjusted, but the discomfort was nothing new. After all, the cancer and scarring meant he was well accustomed to ignoring pain on a daily basis. He grabbed the remote to the TV and lay down across the couch on his stomach. His back was currently the source of most of his pain, both from the explosions and his graceless landing. Finally settling on TV land, just as a Golden Girls episode began, Wade let the show wipe his mind of thought and began to doze lightly. Wade, you here? 
It's Peter. He pushed the front door open partway, making sure Wade had time to register his presence or cover up if he wanted. You, uh, you decent? Wade barely registered the door opening, but the sound of Peter's voice made it through to him. At the moment, he was still too exhausted to sit up, but he managed to get an arm waving in the air. I'm on the couch, he mumbled out before reluctantly pushing himself up enough to look at Peter. What you doing here, Petey Pie? He didn't wait for an answer before he plopped back to the couch, hissing softly. Bending his back that way reminded him that his spinal column wasn't exactly back to 100% just yet. Got word from the bugle that Spider-Man and Deadpool were at the scene of the fire downtown, Peter explained, not bothering to mention that the text had come 30 minutes after the two of them had already gone their separate ways. I think Jameson wanted to see if I had any photos he could print. Probably wanted to write a whole expose about how Spidey is branching out into arson. He closed the door behind him, taking in the sight of Wade splayed out on the sofa, folds and creases of his suit illuminated by the television's glow. The leathers looked a lot fresher than the ones he'd left in, but his jilted movements made it clear that all was not well. Peter drew a little closer, letting his bag slip from his shoulders to the floor as he crouched near Wade's head. You sound tired, he said, as though he didn't want to collapse in a heap himself. Still healing? Wade hummed an affirmative, eyes closed, as he raised a hand to reach for Peter. He hesitated, mostly because he wasn't sure where he wanted to settle it, a residual uncertainty left over from the last time they'd been together. He opened his eyes and looked at Peter, concern flooding him as he noticed the bags under his eyes. You been getting enough rest, baby boy? His hand finally rested on Peter's cheek, thumb rubbing just over the jutting curve of bone. Just pulling some long shifts at the office, Peter assured him, covering Wade's hand with one of his own. Nothing I can't handle. Reluctantly, he pulled himself to stand, joint protesting at every move. I'm going to get a glass of water. I'll bring you one, too. Bet after the night you've had, you must be feeling a little dehydrated. He cracked a tiny smile, but the truth was he rarely saw Wade laid out like this. The man was almost always in motion. Even things like eating and speaking were practically a spectacle where Deadpool was involved. He had to be hurting in a major way. Wade's hand fell as Peter stood. Yeah, probably not a terrible idea. As Peter went to get the glasses, Wade slowly struggled into a sitting position. Though leaning against the sofa's back would have felt more natural, he knew sitting on the edge would put less pressure on his injuries. He rubbed at his sleepy face through the mask. His nerves stung only slightly, more in his hands than his face, but they were all firing some sort of pain signal, enough to make his whole body itch. Some lotion would do a lot to help relax him, but that would require effort he didn't have the energy for at the moment. Instead, he just rubbed at the various places that demanded the most attention. Peter downed a whole glass of water at the sink, refilling it and a second glass before coming back to the sofa. He was glad to see Wade had righted himself, but there was still plenty of antsy tension running through his friend's body. That doesn't look too comfortable, he noted as he handed over the glass. Burns from the fire or a, um, chronic issue? Wade took the glass and attempted to take a drink, only to bump against his mask, still a little out of it. He reached up and slowly lifted the mask, trying to keep the visible grimacing to a minimum in front of Peter. It's mostly from the fire, but it has kind of set everything else off. He took a sip from the glass. The pain will subside eventually. It's only been, what, an hour? Maybe two? 
Peter shook his head with sympathy, setting his glass down on the coffee table. And I'm guessing you just threw on that suit as soon as you got home, he scolded, though there was no anger in his tone. You're already learning me so well, Petey. Wade smiled softly at him, before returning to his water. Peter left for Wade's bathroom, scooting a few bottles around on the counter until he found what he was looking for, before returning to the living room with his prize. Come with me, he beckoned. Let's head to your room and see if I can't help with the worst of it. If he hadn't just finished his water, Wade would have sputtered and choked on it. As it was, his saliva alone almost got him. Peter had found the lotion he used for his scars. You don't gotta do that, baby boy. I can deal with this later. He didn't move from his spot as anxiety flared up. Having Peter's caring hands on him sounded fucking wonderful, but he didn't want to subject him to the mess his back had to be right now. Peter hadn't expected Wade to come along without a fight, but he'd anticipated more of a jokey brush-off than the twinge of fear he heard in the man's voice. He crept up to the back of the sofa, leaning over it until his head hovered just above Wade's shoulders. Wade, I thought I made it clear. My being here, my coming to see you, everything I do here, I do because I want to, and that includes helping you take care of yourself. He stood straight, gently brushing one hand down the side of Wade's face. Wade reached up and took the hand that hovered next to him. I... I know that. He took a deep breath. It's just my skin. It's making me really anxious right now. We can keep the lights off, Peter offered. I'll even load up one of my pure relaxation playlists. Wade let out a soft chuckle. I think I'd rather relax to a lo-fi playlist. I'd chill better to that than new age pure relaxation stuff. Despite his misgivings, he still stood up keeping Peter's hand in his. Are you sure? He couldn't help asking. I'm sure. Plus, you're right. I'm pretty beat, but I don't think I'll be able to rest easy if I know you're hurting. He tugged lightly on Wade's hand, leading him towards the bedroom. The feelings Wade had been ignoring flared up at his concern, but he promptly shoved it right back down. He wanted this friendship to work, and those feelings would only cause him to fuck things up again. Instead, he silently followed Peter's lead. The lights were already off, but the streetlight filtering through the blinds provided more than enough light for Peter to work by. Just have a seat, he whispered. Get comfortable. Close your eyes and think of something. Uh, calming? Beaches. The open road? What the world would be like if the Star Wars prequels hadn't been hot garbage? He pulled up some music and set his phone to the side, rolling his shoulders and wincing a little at the popping sound that followed. At the moment, getting comfortable felt like a bit of a foreign concept to Wade. He knew part of that meant shedding his suit so they could use the lotion, but that conflicted with what his anxiety demanded. He chuckled at the calming ideas Peter offered up. I don't know about you, but I subscribe to the theory that Jar Jar was a Sith. Starting with something small was easier on his nerves, so Wade began by removing his gloves and setting them on the dresser. His eyes snapped over to Peter at the sound of muscles popping. You okay there, Petey? That sounded pretty intense. Probably just spent too long hunched over the laptop, Peter mused, bringing the lotion over to Wade's bed as he found a seat for himself. And yeah, Darth Lord Jar Jar is the only thing that makes any sense. Wish they had the guts to really go for it. The filtered glow from the window was enough to see Wade's form behind him, and he could see the man's movements were hesitant and jerky. But at the very least, he shed his gloves, which was something Peter could work with. Slowly, Peter took one of Wade's hands in both of his own. Try to let your arms hang loose. Let them drop without putting any effort into holding them up. 
With one hand, he pumped some of the lotion into his palm, warming it slightly before spreading it across the back of Wade's hand. His thumbs made slow circles, first coaxing the lotion into Wade's skin bit by bit before he allowed himself to apply any real pressure. He took a little longer to work down the length of each finger, marveling at just how large and strong the man's hands were. Of course he'd seen firsthand just how capable and dangerous they could be. Wade's free hand hesitated over his mask as Peter took his other. He was turned slightly away, and his focus was on Wade's hand, so he used that to help coax himself out of his mask. Unable to completely part with it, though, Wade kept it clutched in his hand. Focusing on Peter was fairly easy to do, but what wasn't easy was following instructions. His arm wanted to stay tense. He tried wiggling it a little, but that was just making it difficult for Peter. Taking a deep breath in, holding it, and releasing seemed to be the way to go. So Wade repeated that until his arm, and a few of his other muscles, began to relax. How's that? Too much pressure? Not enough? Wade didn't realize how good it could feel to have someone else massage his hands, and his mind had wandered as he silently enjoyed the attention his fingers were getting when Peter asked a question. Hmm? Oh, you're fine. The pressure is fine. All right, just let me know if I hit a sensitive spot or something. I don't want to make anything worse. Peter reached out to take Wade's other hand, but found it still clutching the mask. His gaze traveled up to Wade's face, now bare, but still obscured in the darkness, though a sharp shine still made itself known in his eyes. Even if the scars on Wade's face were an ever-moving tapestry, Peter found the keenness of his gaze equal parts familiar and exciting. A faint smile crossed his features for a fraction of a second as he took Wade's other hand, gently setting the mask down across his lap so he could take it up again if he liked. Peter resumed his ministrations, humming along with the soft music coming from his phone. There wasn't really much of a melody to follow, but the rhythmic sounds of the drum machine and borrowed sound bites was soothing. Wade watched as Peter set aside his mask. It was close if he felt he needed it, a comfort he appreciated. Closing his eyes, he listened to a soft humming, a small smile playing upon his lips. I think I got bitten by the breakfast bug, he said softly, a strange but harmless non-sequitur. Ever since that morning at the diner, I've had a hankering for pancakes. Tried making them a few times at home, but haven't found a mix I like yet. What do you use? Wade let out a soft chuckle as Peter mentioned pancakes. I like to make them from scratch. It's not quite the same when they come from a pre-made box mix. I could make you some later if you want. You would be one of those everything-from-scratch types. Peter chuffed. So is my aunt. When she has time to cook, that is. She told me more than once that she eats more takeout than she'd like. And then there are those of us who have to slum it with Pan Burger Partner and PB&Js. Takeout is just so much easier. But man, it's been ages since I've had a PB&J. I def need to make some of those. Favorite jam to use? And I'm calling lame if you say grape. Peter's thumbs play at the wrist of Wade's suit occasionally slipping beneath the edge and over the covered strip of skin. He pulled at the leather there, looking up at Wade with questioning eyes. Let me? Wade's eyes shot to where Peter pulled on his suit. A flare of nerves filled his chest, but as he looked up at Peter's soft eyes, he took a breath and simply nodded. Anyways, I may be a broke college student, but I'm a broke college student with taste. Peter worked to keep the conversation light as his hands slowly made their way to Wade's collar, where the zipper of his suit was concealed. The correct answer is obviously strawberry. He tugged lightly at the zipper, 
sliding it down an inch at a time, exposing a strip of Wade's scarred and dappled skin. When he finally reached Wade's waist, he rose his hands again, shuffling the thick leather off of each shoulder in turn. You should try Loganberry when it's in season. Wade tried to keep the conversation flowing, but his eyes could only watch Peter's hands. His own tightened into fists to keep him from pushing Peter away. Peter wanted to do this. Wade needed to let him do this. Besides, his hands were already feeling a million times better than before. Wade's eyes glanced up to see Peter's expression. All he saw there was concern with a touch of curiosity. He shivered slightly at the cool night air as it hit his sensitive skin. He took over removing his top after Peter pushed the leather off his shoulders, sliding his arms free. Once, when my Uncle Ben was sick and my aunt had to work, I tried to make him some lunch so he'd feel better. I came upstairs to his room with a sandwich I'd made. Peter eased into the story to help keep Wade's mind from the sudden exposure. I want to say it was peanut butter, banana, cornflakes, and honey. It was probably four or five inches tall. He measured out a space between his index finger and thumb. I'm surprised it didn't send Ben into a diabetic coma just from looking at it. He took a bite, though. Said it tasted very creative. I bet the sandwich was delicious. It certainly sounds like a good dessert. He smiled softly as he settled back, flat against the mattress, tensing as a hiss escaped him. Right. His back was still super sensitive. Peter smiled at the memory as he poured more lotion out onto his hands, rubbing them together once or twice before leaning over Wade's chest to smooth them out over his bare shoulders. Wade studied Peter for a moment as he began to work the lotion into his shoulders. It looked kind of like an odd angle, and he could definitely notice a difference in the pressure of Peter's hands. His chest tightened as an idea crossed his mind. It was one he'd had no problem doing before when he hadn't felt the need to restrain his actions. It took a moment of him actually telling himself it would be fine, before he reached out and shifted Peter so he could straddle Wade's hips. That just seemed like it was uncomfortable, um, leaning in from that angle. Wade hoped the dim lights could keep the blush on his face from being too apparent. Wade had ceased to trigger Peter's spider sense for ages now, so the young hero was caught quite off guard when he deftly repositioned him above his body. Peter could feel his spine stiffen against his will as he unconsciously tried to avoid bearing down on Wade with his full weight. Yeah, all 103 pounds of it. Despite flummoxing for a moment, Peter reminded himself to keep calm, not wanting his own brief embarrassment to make Wade imagine he found the situation distasteful. Y yeah this, uh, I can reach a lot more area this way. He nodded, easing himself down as he continued applying lotion to Wade's shoulders and chest. He leveled out his breathing as his fingers worked in slow circles. Despite the frankly horrific levels of scarring on Wade's skin, it was also impossible to miss how well-defined his body was, especially when Peter was running his hands over every available square inch. Wade focused on his breathing as Peter ran his hands over his chest. It felt amazing, and he managed to lull himself into a slight doze. His thoughts stilled, what little focus he did have following his fingers as they carefully traced over a scar or the shape of a muscle. As Peter reached the dip of Wade's waistline, however, he noticed something unusual. What's this? The pad of his thumb ran over a rough patch, completely unlike the sensitive skin he'd been working on previously. It felt stiff and oddly synthetic. He ran his hands over the area again, feeling something jagged with his fingertips. Upon closer inspection, it seemed like a piece of fabric, charred and torn beyond recognition. 
but it might have once been a part of Wade's old costume. Wade, Peter frowned, leaning to his side to get a better look. Did you put the suit on the moment you stepped in the door? Wade hummed an acknowledgement as Peter called his name. He cracked open an eye and tilted his head to look at Peter, only just at the edge of his awareness. Yeah, same as I always do, he murmured, not quite following what Peter was getting at. A heavy sigh escaped Peter, his shoulders drooping. He'd grown, if not accustomed to, then at least understanding of Wade's typical lack of self-care. Unfortunately for both of them, that meant there could be some unfortunate lingering effects. He heaved himself off of Wade and back onto the floor, with no small amount of reluctance. Turn over on your stomach, he instructed softly. I'll be right back. Peter left for the bathroom a second time, returning a few moments later with several of Wade's smaller washcloths soaked in hot water. The loss of Peter's weight drew Wade back to wakefulness. He frowned as he looked over at Peter, confusion still coloring his hazy thoughts. Shifting at the command, he repositioned himself until he got comfortable again. His arms felt odd at his sides, so he brought them to cross under his chin, stifling a yawn. Wade's brain finally caught up with what was going on, and pushed himself quickly onto his side as he watched Peter return. You don't have to do that, Petey. The pieces of crap stuck under my skin will work themselves out. He reached a hand out, placing it on Peter's wrist. Fear laced his words. He was fighting very hard not to revert to covering back up. Peter had managed to help him move forward again, just like when he'd returned from his trip, and Wade did not want to lose all that progress. Peter set the towels down on Wade's nightstand, before placing his free hand over where Wade's had gripped him. He could sense the trepidation in Wade's voice, the particular mixture of dismissal and anxiety now familiar to him. It's okay, Wade, honestly. I'd much rather help you now than sit around and pretend like you're doing okay. In truth, Peter felt partially responsible for Wade's condition. It was only because Wade had decided to try and follow Spider-Man down the hero's path that he'd been caught in the fire at all. Even then, Deadpool had insisted on going into the most dangerous parts of the fray, keeping Spidey at a safer distance from the flames. Wade reluctantly let go of his wrist, forcing himself to believe the young man's words. He could do this. He could trust that Peter wanted to be here helping his friend. Friend. Wade didn't even remember when he last let someone get this close. He didn't make it easy, and most people gave up after a short time. But for some unfathomable reason, Peter had a stupid amount of patience with him. He stroked the back of Wade's head a few times, mumbling nothing in particular, before grabbing one of the washcloths and resuming his previous position, this time with one leg on either side of Wade's backside. I'll try to be gentle with you, Peter whispered, a hint of shyness in his voice. Wade finally relaxed enough to place his head back atop his arms. He got comfortable as Peter climbed back on top of him. In any other situation, he would be spouting endless innuendos, cutting through any tension in the air for a laugh but found he really didn't feel like joking around. But Peter's tone made it seem like he had other ideas, and Wade's nearly closed eyes shut open as his body suddenly tensed up. He had to have misheard, right? Peter could sense the difference in Wade's muscles immediately. He'd only meant to lighten the mood, but with Wade as vulnerable as he was, maybe he'd gone a step too far. Hey, he whispered, bending over so his mouth was just behind Wade's ear, one hand resting on his shoulder. I didn't mean it, Wade stupid joke on my part. I just meant the process might sting a little. He pulled back until he was sitting upright again, giving Wade some much-needed space. You okay? I don't have to continue if you aren't comfortable. 
Wade did his best to suppress the shiver as Peter's words fell against his ear. He quickly buried his face in his arms, a small smile hidden there. It's fine, it's fine. His words were muffled, but held a touch of mirth. It's fine, it's fine. His words were muffled, but held a touch of mirth. I just didn't expect it. As Peter sat up, he lifted his head enough to turn around and offer Peter a smile. I'm perfectly comfortable with you where you are. Peter smiled, his shoulders bucking with the faintest hint of a laugh. It wasn't often someone got the better of Wade Wilson when it came to innuendo. He'd have to savor this moment. All right then, let's get started. He took one of the towels, still damp with warm water, and started patting it across Wade's back, his brow furrowing as bits of dried blood and blackened flakes of what might have been skin or possibly the remnants of his old suit came away. Occasionally, a more stubborn piece was all but melted into him, and he had to work more cautiously to free it without hurting Wade. Sorry, sorry, he mumbled, batting the corner of the last clean towel against a particularly messy spot just under Wade's shoulder. You don't need to apologize, Petey. It doesn't hurt nearly as much as you probably imagine, Wade told him. I'd say it's maybe a four out of ten, so not much above my daily level. It was nice having someone to help him deal with the damage of his back. Of course, it was one of the most difficult places to deal with, and Wade often ignored any debris if it wasn't something he could simply wash off in the shower. Eventually, his body would find a way to shed whatever it was. Peter's lips tightened into a firm line as he focused on his task, trying not to think too hard about how Wade had just admitted to suffering and chronic pain every day. If he let his thoughts linger too long on that, it wouldn't take much of a logic jump to remembering how all of the Avengers treated Deadpool's situation as a joke often leaving him behind on a mission to pick up the pieces of his own. Sure, Wade could be crude, even annoying at times, but nothing validated that kind of abuse. Almost too late, Peter realized he was scrubbing harder than he needed to, the offending piece of char long since dispatched. He froze before starting again in another spot with the gentleness Wade deserved. It was a slow process, but after twenty or thirty minutes, Wade's back was finally clear of anything that wasn't supposed to be there. It was still raw and red, but at least it was all, well, weighed. I think that's the last of it, Peter said with a sigh, reaching for the lotion. He started along Wade's spine, working outwards in slow circles. This okay? Wade had already zoned out, not really asleep, just lost in the touches, when Peter spoke again. He could feel the tenderness of his skin, but it was that refreshed rawness one gets from tackling a good scratch. He hummed an affirmative, contentment hard to miss. Thank you, baby boy, he whispered out, lacking the energy to speak any louder. It was easy to see Wade was being lulled into a half-sleep, either from the attention or sheer exhaustion. Peter hoped it was the former, but even he couldn't deny needing some sleep after the night they'd both had. Finally finishing, he pulled himself from the bed, collecting all the towels he'd used before and carrying them to Wade's laundry before returning to the bedroom with his backpack dragging on the floor. I, uh, I brought some stuff to sleep in, if you're okay with me staying the night. Yeah, you can stay. Wade offered a sleepy smile towards the younger man. He rolled over to his side, holding one leg in the air, wiggling it playfully. Scars are all over my body, though, remember? Wade chuckles as he sat up, pulling himself to the edge of the bed. Of course Wade wouldn't make Peter lotion up his legs. It would be far more intimate than he imagined either of them would be comfortable with. But he wouldn't lie. A small part of him wished he would. 
He yawned, stretching his arms above his head. For the first time in a few weeks, he was close to being as comfortable as he could be in his own skin, feeling no urge to find his mask and shove it on his face. Peter just made a soft hmm to himself as he dug his sleeping shirt and pants from his bag, simply turning his back to Wade as he shuffled out of his jeans and sweatshirt before getting redressed. He kicked the small pile of belongings out of his way and close to the wall before approaching the bed again. Wade found something to focus his gaze upon to give Peter a bit of privacy as he changed into a more comfortable outfit. He rubbed at his face, trying to make the light flesh he felt in his cheeks disappear, before finally looking back to Peter once he returned to the bed. Peter's eyes met Wade's for just a second, before lowering down to his waist. You still have your pants on. Wade tilted his head. Well, yeah, why wouldn't I? It hadn't even been an hour, but apparently Peter had already made another major social gaffe. He fidgeted for a moment, fingers wrapping in the bottom hem of his loose shirt as he glanced from Wade's pants to the floor and back again. I thought, I mean, you said, uh, you know. He swallowed before trying again. Legs? Wade had already forgotten his half-awake joke, and his eyes widened. Oh, th that was, I didn't mean you had to. He felt his face flame anew. I didn't think you'd want to. His leather-clad legs bounced idly. They would still need lotion added to them before he slept anyway. He warred with himself for a moment, before nodding as he came to a decision. Standing up, he moved to his dresser, his blush spreading past his face. Even though the lighting was dim, he could swear that the heat radiating from his blush had to be noticeable. I, uh, want commander tonight, so, yeah, he said as he opened a drawer looking for a pair of boxers. Wade's hand hesitated at his waist as he debated if he should change elsewhere, but he decided it would be pointless now. With a deep breath to calm his nerves, he quickly stripped off his pants and slipped on the red plaid boxers. Maybe Peter didn't have the market cornered when it came to bad jokes, after all, but while Wade was usually quick to dismiss a topic after laughing it off, it seemed like he was willing to see this one through. Peter averted his eyes for a second, trying not to think too much about the fact that Wade probably never wore much beneath his suit. He understood the appeal, but had been kicked around too many times not to at least have a cuff in his spidey gear. We've been over this, Wade. I'm not doing anything here that I don't want to. Just try and remember that, and maybe forget all the unfunny jokes I make instead. I know, I know, and I am trying. I just suck at it, Wade answered as he moved back towards him. Wade glanced at Peter, all too aware of the awkward tension filling the air. He opened his mouth a couple of times, trying to think of something to lighten the mood, but nothing clicked. His nerves were getting the better of him, and he wondered how he'd had no problem getting close to the young man, just a few months ago when they first met. Of course, that was supposed to have been a one-off thing, and he certainly hadn't meant to become so emotionally exposed over time. The two stood awkwardly facing each other, looking like nothing but an awkward pair of virgins on their wedding night. Or at least, they would if the lights were on. Uh, why don't you take a seat on the bed? Peter blubbered, trying to dismiss the mental picture as best he could. The rushed words dragged Wade from his thoughts, and he looked over at Peter, who honestly looked as nervous as he felt. It actually eased something in him. Yes, sir, he said, smiling wide and trying not to laugh. Sitting on the edge of the bed, he leaned back and sat his hands behind him on the mattress. How shall you have me? Flirting undertones aside, it was still a poor choice of words for the situation. 
But there they were, already out in the ether. I'm thinking over easy? Peter shook his head, his shoulders immediately sagging with relief. Stupid jokes were simple, familiar. They were practically where he lived. If the two of them could keep it up a little longer, they might both make it to bed with their pride intact. Side of potatoes and sausage links? Wade realized his terrible line seemed to actually ease Peter some, so he couldn't help but continue. Oh, I've definitely got the sausage covered. It was perfectly juvenile, a grand Deadpool joke. He chuckled at how corny it all was. Peter grabbed the lotion again, trying to figure out the best way to tackle things. Sitting as he was, Wade was actually already giving him pretty easy access to most of what he needed to reach, so Peter decided he should just jump into things before either of them had an opportunity to get embarrassed all over again. He crouched on the floor, knees shuffling softly against the carpet as he made his way in front of Wade. Without another word, he collected some of the lotion in his palms, taking one of Wade's ankles in his hand and beginning the process all over again. Wade's breath caught as Peter settled between his legs. Trying not to draw attention to himself, he slid his hand over, grabbing a pillow and bringing it to his lap. It seemed a better choice than fighting biology. He leaned forward, placing his elbows on the pillow, setting his chin in the palms of his hands as he watched Peter. Either the burns hadn't been as severe on Wade's legs, or they'd already done most of their healing by the time Peter began to examine them. They were still covered in the same gnarled bumps, lines, and scars as the rest of his body, of course. But the more he studied them, the more they became familiar. Just another part of what made Wade, well, Wade. It still bothered Peter that the scarring wasn't as benign as most people's, always consistently irritating, if not downright punishing his friend. But he supposed that's why he was here with him now, on the floor, kneeling. Thank God for that pillow. He started working his hands from Wade's ankle up to his knee, thumbs and fingers sliding up the man's frankly obscenely defined calves. For Spider-Man, every day was leg day, but radioactive additives to his DNA aside, Peter had still never had the baseline makeup to get bulky. Jeez, you're jacked, he mumbled, not paying attention to himself. Wade watched Peter's hands rub the lotion in and let out a quiet sigh of contentment before laughing as he caught what Peter said. Gotta stay in shape for the job. Helps that I'm a mutate, though. He flexed his calf under Peter's fingers before nudging at Peter's hands. You're not exactly shoddy yourself. You got some muscles hiding under all that nerdiness of yours. What do you mean underneath my nerdiness? My nerdiness is super buff. I mean, people always say the brain is a muscle. Okay, technically it's an organ, but still, the point holds. Peter's hands made their way up behind Wade's knee, and he felt the muscles in his legs flutter and a small chuckle escaped. Oh? He couldn't help saying. He put a little more effort into his movements now, hoping to work out whatever kinks were beneath Wade's skin, brushing over that curiously sensitive spot more than once. Wade didn't get a chance to respond before an oddly high-pitched giggle escaped him. Immediately, he realized what was happening, and he tried to pull his leg away from Peter before he also caught on. Of course, all bets were off the moment his hands applied just the right pressure. Wade did his best to keep his leg from kicking up as he fell back into the bed and laughed. Shit! That tickles! Wade managed to get out between gasps, not knowing the last time he'd felt such a sensation. He pushed himself up on his elbows to look at Peter, trying to puzzle out the expression now residing on his face. 
Normally, Peter would never consider taking advantage of someone in a moment of weakness, particularly not after a grueling evening like the one they'd shared. But there was something so unreservedly joyful about Wade's peals of laughter. He couldn't help but want to hear them again. Even his gasps for air had an unexpected playful tinge to them. Wade's shoulders quaking with deep rumbles that warmed something inside Peter he couldn't quite name. Wade watched as a glint of mischief bloomed in Peter's eyes. He lifted an eyebrow ridge, curious at what was about to happen. Oh dear, the young man tutted. That seems serious. I'd better take a look at it to make sure nothing's hurt. Was it here? He ran his palm against the outside of Wade's calf, a safe spot. Here? His thumb pressed against the inside of his thigh. Wade's eyes went to Peter's hand as he spoke, following them up his leg. He bit his lip, trying to control the grin on his face. He found he was enjoying this mischievous side of Peter, and he felt a blush flare up as Peter's thumb ran over his thigh. Oh, wait, I see, I see. Somewhere right in... His finger curled around the back of Wade's leg, deft fingertips brushing the sensitive skin on the underside. Here. Wade's slight embarrassment was tossed aside as he fell into a fit of laughter again. Peter had found his weakness and fully intended to exploit it. Since Wade wasn't slapping his hand away or telling him to stop, Peter supposed he was enjoying himself and this rare moment of utter goofiness between them. It was stupid. It was silly. But it was also... fun. Something Peter imagined the two of them could use a little more of. Still not sure that's it. His free hand ventured to the same spot on Wade's other leg. Maybe it's moved over here? I've heard that can happen. Wade sent a playful glare at Peter as he spoke, watching his hands, still slightly sticky from the lotion, change from one leg to the other. Part of him was curious if he was indeed ticklish there as well, and the brief thought of, I wonder if I was a ticklish child, flitted through Wade's head before it disappeared just as quickly. Not worth it to think about memories he didn't have. It turned out that, yes, he was also ticklish there, and Wade wriggled in Peter's grasp, not really trying to get away, but he couldn't seem to hold himself still. He brought a hand up to his mouth, stifling the laughter, his other landing on his side where a stitch was beginning to form. Wade's momentary lack of control was endearing. Peter couldn't help but watch in amusement as the trained mercenary struggled to sit still, though his entire body was practically shaking with the force of his laughter. At this point, Peter couldn't help but laugh himself, the entire display a little too ridiculous, even for him to face with a straight face. His hands continued working their way up until his fingers were brushing against the pillow Wade had grabbed out of some last vestige of modesty, and he paused for just a moment before pushing himself up, finally standing in front of Wade again. The research remains inconclusive, he noted, his hands finding their way to Wade's shoulder, where his thumbs needed small circles. I suppose we'll have to resume work later for more detailed findings. Wade breathed heavy, sucking air into his lungs, and sat up as Peter stood. A hand came up and covered Peter's hand, on his shoulder. Wade wasn't ready to leave this happy place. His mind didn't get to venture often, especially as of late. Your research may be inconclusive, but mine is just getting started. He shifted, his arms grabbing Peter's waist as he pulled him to sit on the bed. I think I'll start with known areas of interest. Keeping his hands near Peter's waist, he began to attack his sides, just shy of being overwhelming. A grin spread as he watched Peter's reaction. Peter's eyes widened as Wade shuffled him effortlessly onto the bed, but there was no flare of danger, no sense of alarm. 
Not for the first time, Peter realized he didn't mind at all when Wade took control of the situation. Something as simple as trust, hard won, but sorely missed. He didn't have much time to think about it, though, since Wade somehow managed to zero in on the exact spots that made Peter squirm. He couldn't stop his arms from flailing, body from twisting and curling into the sheets, still warm from where Wade had rested just moments ago. What would Dr. Octopus or any of his other nemesis say if they saw Spider-Man in such a compromising position? Heck, what would Iron Man or Captain America say if they knew he was goofing off with Deadpool like this? And did Peter even care? Okay, okay, he heaved in between breaths. I give. Wade puffed out his cheeks in faux annoyance as he stopped tickling the younger man beneath him. He didn't want to stop, but overstimulation could turn a fun game sour in no time. Instead, he met Peter's eyes, still twinkling with mirth, and nearly shed tears, and his breath vanished. The unnamed thing he'd been shoving down in his chest burst forward, full force, though not nearly as bloody for him as it had been for John Hurt. For a second, he took stock of their positions. He propped himself up on his elbows, realizing how close they were. One knee on the edge of the bed between Peter's leg had supported him as he carried out a tickle attack while the other remained planted on the floor. He shouldn't be surprised. They'd been in compromising positions all night. But now Wade realized this moment in time was different. It scared him, but it didn't stop him from leaning down and pressing Peter's smile against his own. It was soft and sweet, and he couldn't stop the giggle that rested right behind his lips. He seemed to keep finding himself in silly situations with Peter, and he really loved it. In Peter's mind, the silent stretches between them seemed to drag on for ages, but he scarcely had time to draw a breath before Wade was kissing him. It bore none of the immediacy and needs of their earlier fumblings, neither of them desperate to glean as much comfort and contact from the moment as possible, unsure of when they'd have the chance again. Instead, the kiss was slow, light, yet lingering. Peter would almost call it friendly, if the term didn't belay the potential behind it. It wasn't a kiss that screamed, I need you, or even I want you. Instead, the only message he heard as Wade pressed their lips together was that of warmth and happiness, and I'm glad you're here. Wade dropped his weight slowly onto Peter as he shifted his arms, bringing one up so he could run it through Peter's hair. He deepened the kiss, tongue snaking out slowly, asking admittance. He found himself trying to convey his thanks through the kiss, show Peter what he couldn't express enough with words. His other hand found the hem of Peter's shirt and slid under, teasing the nearly smooth skin, trying to elicit another sweet laugh without breaking the kiss. A pleased hum escaped Peter as Wade's hand passed over his chest and stomach, somehow warming the already flushed skin there. As the kiss became more intense, he found himself leaning up into it, craving more contact as each second passed. Something about this night, the shared trauma of the fire, the delicate moments of healing and connection. It made Peter realize there was more between them than perhaps he'd recognized before. There was even a chance that the two of them could. His eyes snapped open, breath hitching as a brief tremor passed through them. There was nothing. The two of them could be nothing, at least not until Peter explained the truth. Wade, he gasped, pulling back as he tried to regain his senses. Wade, we, we can't. I can't. Reality came crashing over Wade. A sudden rain in the dead of winter. Right. They were just friends. He couldn't take what wasn't his. With his head against Peter's shoulder, 
Wade struggled to hide his face as he warred with his emotions. Stifling the worst of them, he shifted to a more usual flippant demeanor. His hand on Peter's stomach patted him before Wade sat up, setting beside him on the bed. Sorry, sorry. Got a little carried away. He placed his hands on his chest, his fingers tapping erratically to do something with the nervous energy running rampant. I gotta remember. No romantics. The word came out a little snarkier than he meant it. New foundation and whatnot. Nearly throwing himself off the bed to move to his dresser, Wade dug for a t-shirt to sleep in. He found a purple one and slipped it on before returning to the bed, opposite side of Peter. Bedtime, he said, forcing enthusiasm through a tightly clenched smile. Peter scarcely had time to get another word out, and no chance at all to explain himself, before Wade was already knee-deep in another whirlwind bout of defensive bravado and compartmentalization. He wanted more than anything to explain that it wasn't the act of intimacy itself that he was objecting to. In fact, there were certain parts of Peter's anatomy that were responding quite eagerly to the attention, but that he needed to come clean about other aspects of his life and their shared history. Peter had made the mistake of keeping important people in his life at arm's length, and it always led to an unfortunate sort of strained half-life with them, a mistake he didn't want to repeat with Wade. But there was no time to explain now, the moment already gone. Wade obviously uncomfortable spending any more time on the topic, and clearly wanting them to carry on as though nothing had happened at all. In a flash, the two were in bed, side by side, without a single point of contact between them, like two brothers on a family vacation. Peter sighed. This wasn't how he wanted the night to go, but it wasn't the first time his plans had gone astray. Wade stared up at the ceiling, his thoughts running faster than he could process. He was going to have to actually sit down and reflect, which he hated, but he had to figure out his own feelings before they wrecked the spudding friendship. It was always better to nip his feelings in the bud before they became too much to bear. Peter turned to his side, curling slightly before reaching out with one hand, letting it rest lightly on Wade's chest, just enough that it could be noticed, but easily pushed away if he was going too far. Good night, Wade, he whispered, cursing himself for being unable to get out a single word of what he really wanted to say. Sleep well. Wade looked down at the hand resting on his chest. For a moment, he wasn't sure how to react, but he reminded himself that friends could still touch. Peter would not deny him the one thing that had brought them together. Slowly, he lifted a hand and placed it over the slightly smaller one, gripping it firmly, but loose enough that Peter could pull away if he liked. It was an instant reminder, as all the thoughts and voices in his head calmed, that everything would be fine, no matter what. As long as he had Peter, even as a friend, he would be fine. Good night, Peter. Wade clapped his gloveless hands together, ready to dig into the food the server had just finished placing in front of him and Peter. He'd managed to leave the house, not in his suit, but in jeans and a hoodie, leaving his gloves and mask at home. It hadn't been easy, but he was slowly feeling better about his skin again. He picked up his orange juice and held it up to Peter. Ain't got anything to cheer, just want to clink glasses, he said, a smile not quite hidden in the shadow of his pulled-up hood. I don't know about that, Peter answered, tipping his head just a bit as he knocked the rims of their glasses together. We've got good food, good company. It's more than a lot of people have. Until recently, that number included Peter as well. He tilted his head just enough to see the trace of the smile crossing Wade's features, nodding and taking a drink at last when he felt assured it was genuine. 
Last night had been a bit of an emotional roller coaster, but the morning had started out all right. The two of them getting ready to start their day without mentioning any of the awkwardness that had beset them before bed. It was all just a misunderstanding anyway, one that Peter had the power to clear up, and now that they were out in public, in neutral territory, and with soon-to-be-full stomachs, something that always put Wade in a better mood, Peter thought he might finally have a chance to set the record straight. There's something I've been meaning to talk to you about. Wade looked up as Peter broke the comfortable silence they'd fallen into, head tilting slightly to one side. What you got? He asked, shoveling a slightly too large piece of ham into his mouth. Well, leave it to Wade to want to jump right into things. Then again, as far as he knew, Peter only wanted to talk to him about his upcoming schedule, or how he was thinking about cutting gluten out of his diet. Unlikely, he loved pizza way too much. He had no idea that Peter had been thinking about revealing his biggest secret to him so that they could... Well, he wasn't exactly sure what they would do after this. He just hoped that Wade would appreciate his desire to be honest. It's... it's about my life. Um, you know, outside of... uh, this. Setting down the bite he was about to take, Wade turned his full attention to Peter. He realized he knew little about him outside of their growing friendship. For a split second, he thought on what he did know. There was university. The boy had brought over his homework before, and he knew about Peter's aunts, though not how often he saw her. That he had a few odd jobs to help with the bills, though he wasn't quite sure what most of them were. Peter was a pretty likable guy. He had to have friends he saw on the regular. Maybe he wanted to introduce them to him sometime. Wade frowned. He was not ready to be sociable with new people. He waved the thought off, having already let his mind wander far enough. Right now, he needed to get back to listening to Peter in case he missed anything important. Wow. So this was what it was like to have Deadpool's undivided attention. Face to face, eye to eye. No masks between them. Peter wasn't sure if he was up for this level of scrutiny on the best of days, let alone after a rough night, even if there were pancakes and bacon to smooth things over. Right, well, you know how my schedule is kind of erratic? I mean, you know about my coursework and work for the Bugle and stuff, but there's some nights when I can't stop by, and there's a good reason for it. At least, I hope you'll think it's a good one. Peter took a deep breath and forced himself to stop fiddling with his silverware so he could focus and meet Wade's intense gaze. The truth is, I'm actually... Peter, is that you? A gorgeous, tall redhead caught their attention, waving with a huge smile on her face. Wade would be lying if he said he wasn't blown away. He had to stop gaping before he looked over to Peter for answers. Peter! She exclaimed once more as she used her hips to scooch Peter over in his seat. I didn't hear from you after I saw the... She paused a moment, glancing over at Wade, before returning her attention to Peter. The last text you sent. It said you were near that electrical fire last night. Wade tilted his head, confused. He didn't remember Peter mentioning that last night. Then again, when he showed up, Wade had been a little out of it. Glad to see you're okay. She grabbed his face and planted a kiss on his cheek. You should have texted after to let me know you were fine. Uh, yeah. I... I should have. Peter managed, already trying to figure out how to get Mary Jane to leave without having her end up more annoyed with him than she already was. I was just... busy. He hoped there weren't any follow-up questions. 
He wasn't prepared to explain just what he'd been doing all night, and with whom, to her, especially not when the man in question was sitting not two feet away, staring at the both of them like they'd each sprouted an extra head. Uh, sorry, sorry, I'm being rude. MJ, this is Wade. He quickly gestured at the man, nearly spilling orange juice across the table before managing to catch the glass just as it tipped. Wade, this is MJ. She's a... uh... a friend. That's one way of putting it, she grinned, her nose crinkling. She plucked a piece of crispy bacon off of Peter's plate, even as she offered her free hand to Wade. Nice to meet you, Wade. Of course, Peter's told me absolutely nothing about you. But then, that's Peter, right? Wade looked back and forth between MJ and Peter, lifting an eyebrow ridge. He hesitated before reaching out and shaking her hand. Pleasure's all mine. And yeah, he and I are still learning each other. MJ glanced down at their hands briefly, then turned her attention back to Wade, her expression unfaltering. That, at least, earned her some quick points in his book. As they separated, she slung her arm around Peter's shoulders. So, Peter dear, why have you been keeping this fellow hidden from me? You know I can't stand secrets. She kept her grin, but the pissed-off glimmer in the look she gave Peter almost made Wade want to duck for cover. I like her, Peter, Wade said, a small smile spreading across his face. Can I buy you breakfast, MJ? He asked as he watched her snag a piece of toast. Mmm, I'd love to, but I can't stay. She shook her head, already loading up her stolen toast with chunks of egg and bacon off Peter's plate. Just came in to grab a quick cup of coffee when I saw Peter somehow up and about before noon. I had to make sure it wasn't an alien clone or something. Peter rolled his eyes, trying not to make his displeasure too obvious when she swiped a gulp of juice from his glass. Gotta get that vitamin C. Wouldn't want to catch a bug, right, Pete? She pulled herself out of the booth, hijacked hodgepodge breakfast wrapped loosely in a napkin. We still on for tonight? I'm never gonna make it through calculus without the help of your little nerd brain. Uh, yeah, yeah, Peter nodded. He'd completely forgotten about their study session. I'll be there. Sweet, it's a date. She reached out and ruffled his hair, leaving it in no worse shape than it had been when he sat down. Wade, great to meet you. Thanks for making sure this guy eats more than Pop-Tarts once in a while. Hey, I eat shredded wheat sometimes. Yeah, the kind with strawberry frosting. I've seen your pantry. She laughed blowing him a swift kiss before heading out the diner's doors. See ya, tiger. Uh. Peter stared blankly at the empty space MJ had left beside him. I'm, uh, sorry about that. Honestly, this is the last place I was expecting to run into her. He offered Wade a weak smile. MJ can be kind of a lot. Wade stared ahead, his focus not on Peter, but instead on the single word date, as it hung in the air. It caused his mind to replay the interaction with MJ from the beginning. A kiss on the cheek, invasion of personal space, bites of food stolen without asking. All signs pointed to girlfriend. It didn't help that Peter had been uncertain about what to call her. Oh. His focus seared back in on Peter. Is that what you were going to tell me? Wade did what he was good at once again. A broad smile painted across his face. You're seeing someone, and that someone is MJ? Is that how you spend your evenings when I'm not annoying you? Gotta get those study dates to fit somehow into your hectic schedule. He picked up his fork and returned to his food, shoveling it in even though his appetite had suddenly disappeared. She seemed like a good catch. He managed between bites. Peter opened his mouth to protest, 
but the words stuck in his throat. Wade was being awfully nonchalant about the idea of Peter and MJ dating, even if it wasn't the truth. He'd expected, or he'd hoped, that Wade might be the tiniest bit upset at the prospect, if only to serve as proof that Peter wasn't the only one feeling, well, feelings. But if Wade was going to wave the whole thing off, as though he'd simply met the guy who handled Peter's dry cleaning, as if he could ever afford to pay someone else to do his laundry, then maybe Peter was wrong. Wade certainly liked him as a person, maybe even as a friend, but it looked like that was as far as it went. And if Peter had been wrong about all of that, then maybe he was wrong about everything else. Maybe this wasn't the time to open up about himself at all. Yeah, she is... she's great, he mumbled, poking at what was left of his breakfast. Despite trying to play off how much Peter dating someone else bothered him, Wade's anxiousness made itself known through his fidgeting leg. He didn't even register it as he started in on his pancakes. You gonna sweep her off her feet in a couple weeks? He found himself asking. He shouldn't be so curious. But friends shared this kind of stuff, right? Valentine's Day is coming up after all. While Wade's tone might have been steady as a rock, the faint vibrations under the table were anything but. It was the same kind of telltale nervous energy Peter had witnessed in the past, but he was struggling to put a reason to it. The tines of his fork swirled slowly through a pool of syrup that had dribbled off his pancakes and onto the plate below, leaving a quickly disappearing trail that resembled something that might generously be called a heart. Sometimes it was a struggle to keep up with Wade's line of thought, and even now Peter was having trouble shifting gears. MJ? Romantic evenings? It wasn't exactly what he'd set out to talk about this morning. I, uh, hadn't really given it much thought. At least that was the truth. I'm sort of terrible at that sort of thing anyway. I can never figure out what other people want. I don't know. I think just being with the person you like is a good gift. No need to overthink about some object, Wade replied, but in reality he knew he could be just as bad. Sometimes it seemed easier to buy a thing because he couldn't always be where he needed to be. Peter took a slow sip of coffee, wondering if there was any way to steer the topic back to more comfortable or at least more honest territory. What about you, Wade? Hmm, me? I got some big plans for that day? Wade smiled thoughtfully. I do still have to finish working out the details, but I know I want to hit up the new Italian gelato place. Wade started stacking up the plates he had finished and set the last one in front of him, a generous serving of bacon and ham. Peter's eyebrows twitched, but he managed to school his expression into something more agreeable while Wade was distracted with the plates. Wade didn't talk much about his personal life, but if he had someone special to spend Valentine's Day with, why was he scouring the internet for scraps of company? Granted, if it had just been the Spider-Man fantasy, maybe Wade's theoretical date wouldn't have filled out the suit in just the right way. But no. Wade had made it clear how much he needed basic human contact from the very first night. He was just trying to cover up the fact that he had no plans at all. Well, not yet, anyway. If Wade was just lying to try and save face, maybe Peter hadn't lost his chance after all. Gelato, huh? Sounds delicious. He leaned back in his seat, ideas already forming in his head. You'll have to save me some. Wade studied Peter for a second, trying to gauge if his words were laced with sarcasm or disbelief. Maybe Wade was wrong but something about Peter's sudden change in demeanor seemed off. Wade shrugged. I could take you there sometime. 
They've got so many different varieties, plus some special flavors depending on the day of the week. Sometimes they're superhero or villain themed. He snacked on the bacon for a moment before continuing. They have a mango cherry mix for Iron Man, a pumpkin lime one for the Green Goblin, which BT-dubs taste much better than you'd expect. Of course, I think my favorite so far is the blueberry-strawberry-Spider-Man-themed one. Wade finished off the ham, setting the plate aside. You have a favorite? Blueberry and strawberry sounds like a good combo. Peter nodded in approval. If it's the kind of place that uses real fruit, I'm sure even Spidey would approve. Gotta set a good example for the kids, right? Get those vitamins. Is there a Deadpool flavor? He mused, imagining that if there was... Wade would have lost no time at all in bragging about it. Let me think. Cherry and chocolate? Because of the suit? Or raspberry chocolate chip? Maybe something more unexpected like chili mango with fruity pebbles. He laughed a little to himself, having more fun than was probably justified in trying to pin his friend with a dessert combination. It was a stupid topic of conversation, but it was also safe. And now that he resolved to wait until Valentine's Day to bring up the whole Spider-Man thing, Peter decided that stupid and safe suited him just fine. If they have a flavor idea, I haven't seen it yet, Wade shrugged. He really didn't expect the place to ever create one for him, when there was a ton of more interesting and cherished heroes and villains to choose from. I'm gonna have to learn how to make gelato to make that fruity pebbles one myself, he laughed. Wade stretched, trying to think what he could talk about next. Two people could only talk about frozen desserts for so long. But after a glance at the table and their clean plates, it occurred to him that maybe they should leave. He didn't want to, especially since they'd have to go their separate ways, and he wasn't sure when he'd see Peter next. Hey, he began, uncertain, but wanting to voice it again anyways. Thanks a lot again for last night. I don't think I could ever thank you enough. Oh, Peter blinked rapidly, still trying to keep up with the whirlwind of topics. He hadn't expected Wade to come back to their night together, but he supposed it was better than either of them pretending it hadn't happened. Of, of course, and any time. The weirdest thing was, Peter really meant it. Admittedly, he wasn't Mr. Reliable when it came to being in the right place at the right time, Spidey business excluded, but he realized that he genuinely did want to be there to help Wade whenever he needed him most. I'd like it if you... If you thought of me as someone you can count on, Peter admitted. Wade's smile turned soft at his words. I think I'm getting there, he confessed. Trusting other people was not his forte. With a touch of reluctance, he finally stood up. As nice as it is to chat with you, I'm sure you must have school or work to tend to. I can't keep you. He held out a hand without thinking, offering Peter help out of his booth. Peter accepted Wade's hand a little surprised at the sudden ending to their meal. Which was foolish. The plates were empty, glasses drained. It wasn't as though either of them could spend the day just chatting over refills of coffee, no matter how appealing that sounded. Yeah, I have my work cut out for me the next few weeks. New Year always brings a heap of human interest stories at the Bugle, and the start of a fresh semester means I'm going to be busy with. A brief image of red hair flashed in his mind. Tutoring. He gave Wade a quick but tight hug, forcing himself not to linger and make things weird. Busy bee. Wade couldn't help but tease. He kept the disappointment of just how quick the hug was off his face. Just remember, you need me, you call me, okay? Peter informed him. Friendship is a two-way street. 
If you need anything yourself, you can call me too, Wade said, placing a hand on Peter's head and ruffling his hair. Peter offered him a final wave before starting to head off, one last telephone mime over his shoulder before making it out the door. Wade waved back as he watched Peter go, but once he was out of sight, he dropped his false cheer and rubbed at his face. Time to go squash those feelings he had before they became an issue, if it wasn't too late.